Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the third episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. Today I was joined by a very good friend of mine, um, an incredible woman who I've known for the last five years, uh, Lindsay Doyle, gym owner, owns the, the lab gym in Dunleary, personal trainer, functional sports nutritionist, a master's student, world champion, multiple time uh, kickboxing champion and kickboxing black belt, jiu-jitsu blue belt and most importantly, Mother to Bodhi. Um, I hope you enjoy the third episode. Uh, another good one. Um, I'm really enjoying getting all these inspirational women on the show, but next week we'll be back with some guys. But um, uh, for now, enjoy the podcast with Lindsay Doyle. Lindsay Doyle, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Welcome to the, uh, the third episode of The First Exchange. Exciting. I know you've listened to the first two. I have, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, welcome. Um, so obviously, I decided to get you on because, you know, your list of achievements are incredible. We obviously went through them there in, in the intro. Not only do you have your own gym, personal trainer, nutritionist, but you're also an ex-kickboxing world champion, black yeah. belt, jiu-jitsu, blue belt, <laughs> weight cutting specialist, nutritionist, like the list goes on. Um, so, I mean, let's get to it. Let's start at the very beginning. Um, I want you to tell your journey because it's incredible. You know what I mean? And okay. uh, you're somebody that we, how long do we know each other now? Five years, maybe? Five years, yeah. yeah. Um and I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit further on after you introduce yourself, but you have had a profound, um, a, oh my God, am I actually going to cry like 10 <laughs> seconds into our podcast and a profound positive influence on myself and all the girls oh, who, and the guys that, that are surrounded by you. So let's introduce our audience to you yeah. and your wonderful journey. Um, so obviously you were a gym owner, the, the lab gym in, is it Glenageary? Is that the? Uh, Pottery Road. Pottery Road. Yeah. So it's kind of Monkstown, Dunleary yeah. sort of area. Um, you own the lab gym with your other half, yeah. Austin, yeah. and your best friend, best child friend, uh, <laughs> Damien, Damien Darko, who's obviously, uh, your partner is a, a jiu-jitsu champion, you know what I mean? He's won multiple titles, and Damien also is a K1 kickboxing uh, champion as yeah. well. So tell me, how did you meet the guys, and how did you get to where we are now? Yeah, so Damien I know through kickboxing, mm-hmm. so... Um, and then Austin I met in the first gym I worked in. So, uh, but the three of us obviously interested in martial arts. Austin a bit later to the game. Damien and I know each other a long time. Um, I started kickboxing for a for transition year project in school. Yeah, no way, really. <laughs> I wanted to go to a life-saving class and all my pals were like, no, we're going to kickbox. And I was like, oh God, all right, I'll go with you. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Forward, three weeks later, not one of them to be seen because there was too much sweating involved. And I'm there like, when can I fight? What's what's this thing? So, yeah, no way. So it was that quick. You were just like, I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Is Was it the fact that you got to punch things or was it like, <laughs> <laughs> or was it the release of like t- tension or... 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really liked the, the the physical test in that the variables was me and another person. Um, I just really enjoyed uh, learning and I yeah. found myself to be quite natural at it. Yeah. Um, later down the line, I realised my father had done kickboxing and my uncles when I was a child and I would have been to see them fight, but I didn't know that until when I started. Ooh. My dad was like... Yeah, you were there. Remember that fight where I broke my toe and your mummy had you there in the buggy? And I was like, well, obviously I don't remember that. But No, I always wonder about yeah. those things about children, you know, like because there's an argument that where people go, you know, oh, you, children don't uh, scientifically don't remember anything before the age of eight. And I'm like, I don't think that's possible. I yeah. think they definitely do, you know. Stuff has to land in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So go on. So yeah, um, loved it fought quite quickly because I again I'm the type of person that learns under pressure so I was yeah. like all right let's see what this is all about and found the actual fight was just amazing mental like just it was over so quickly but while it was going on it was so crazy and but it was I guess it was my first taste of meditation because I have never been so present in anything yeah. When someone's trying to punch you and kick you in the head, you really have to focus on what's going on. (laughs) So um, I loved it. And then I kind of done quite well, quite young and found myself suddenly on the Irish team. Um, And this was before there was juniors and seniors. So age 15 and 16, I was at the the senior world championships and stuff um, and just fighting to get into the medal table. but yeah, I'm just loving it. Love the training, and love the discipline. Fighting against people who are way more experienced than you in terms of like age, they have more years under their belt, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you're fighting big, because Ireland is quite small, um, and the style of kickboxing I do is full contact kickboxing. So it's like um, Thai boxing without the elbows and knees. So you're yeah. in a ring and it's knockout or points. Yeah. There's other styles of kickboxing that are more popular that are um, like semi contact. So it's like touch and stop, more like karate, and mm-hmm. there, there would be no ring, it'd be on mats, and there'd be no knockout. So. As a girl doing full contact, I was in a minority. Yeah. So it was hard for me to get fights in Ireland. And then I was going to say the World or the Euros or the World Cup fighting girls that might have had 10 fights that year. And I might not have been in the ring. Even like at the Nationals, it got to a stage where nobody was entering my weight class. I was just going to pick up my belt again. Yeah. And you had to win the national title to be on the team or whatever. But um, so then I started doing a bit of boxing because I was like, I need to be in the ring if I'm going to be competitive. Um, And quite like boxing, but... Wasn't as exciting as kickboxing. Had a bit of success with boxing. Um, done a few internationals and stuff. I got a silver medal in the Harangay Cup, which was to everyone's surprise. Um, I was boxing at a gory boxing club and they just loved it. They'd never had a girl do well. And they, they still weren't sure how to deal with a girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. How did you end up in gory? You weren't living down there, were you? I was living in Balnaclash. Right, is that um, kind of in between Dublin yeah, and Wexford? The closest one would have been Arklow, but I knew a guy in the gory club and it was like 10 more minutes in the car. And I was like, for the benefit of um familiarity I'll just carry on yeah. and go down to go and I loved it down there. those guys are amazing but the coaches were quite old school and they were still like they'd say all right lads oh, sorry Lindsay all right lads and girls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I really don't mind being called lads as part of a collective like I'm, yeah uh, so that's one thing is I'm not easily offended at all because I came up through male martial yeah. arts so even in the gym, sometimes people are saying something they're like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, honestly, you'd have to work so hard to offend me with yeah, something like absolutely, that. Yeah, you absolutely, know? absolutely. Well, that's in itself is a beautiful thing that it knocks that yeah. um, offence out of you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like Even more so, what I used to find with getting spars and stuff, boys didn't really want to be uh, sparring me because it was lose-lose for them. They were either hitting a girl or being beat yeah. up by a girl. Um, so I had to make myself very like gender neutral. If they, I couldn't have them think of me as a girl. I wouldn't socialize outside the club with anybody. They would, I would be in. 
in my roughest looking clothes, just in train hard and leave. Because yeah. as soon as they started looking at me like I was a girl, my training partners became less and less and I needed training partners to win medals. Yeah. So um, that's fun. And that's been fun then, obviously, since I had a baby. Now I'm like trying to embrace my feminism and it's just not normal to me, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing because it's an interesting one, right? Because obviously we're in the same circle of friends right so there's all of us we're all girls right yeah. so obviously we're we're a big fan of you know women and women's <laughs> yeah. friends and supporting women and stuff but also I think that we bond on it as well because we are sort of um not girly when it comes to being with the lads as yeah. in like you know training with lads you know surrounded yeah. by that it's just like I'm your equal like yeah. fair enough you might hit me a little bit harder but mm. I'm going to give you my best shot or whatever it is exactly, in Jiu Jitsu yeah. you know what I mean so I think lads sort of you know and again I could be wrong but I think they respect that as well that there's oh, no I think so I think with guys they're so protective of their gyms that they don't want a girl coming in here and being like oh you you hit me too hard or yeah. oh or like I'm I'm a delicate little flower like I kind of work I, I would be quite old school in my mentality of like if you're going to show up to a gym that's predominantly male then yeah. be quiet get and just like get stuck, get stuck in and you know you're going to be treated equally so it's going to be rough so just fucking deal with yeah. it you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. and if they're not because for me I'm like if I'm say if I'm rolling with someone and they're just playing I'm like yeah neither of us are learning here I'm learning nothing because you're letting me do what I want and you're yeah. learning nothing because you're just acting the Egypt so like if you're much better than me or much heavier than me you can pick something that you're working on that you're not great at that you can't do with the higher belt lads yeah try it so on this me this is in jiu-jitsu yeah sorry yeah. in jiu-jitsu yeah. and if you know so there's ways for everyone to learn yeah and sometimes unfortunately in jiu-jitsu now not kickbox well kickbox sometimes you're learning as a girl is how hard you can get squished and just not cry yeah <laughs> we're like well you tried to break me but you didn't you did that's it but uh, go back to um you know when you were kind of at the peak of your career I suppose and you were winning all these titles yeah talk to me about the relationship one with your coaches and with the gym, you know, and how important that not only the bond, but also the sort of dedication that they instilled into you. How did that kind of contribute to your success? You know, like yeah. you didn't just turn up to the gym and someone go, right, Lindsay, tonight you're going to do X, Y, Z, see you on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, was yeah. a, there was a bond there. There was a, right, we're a proper team. We're going to do this together. And yeah. it was, you know, a family kind of thing, which yeah. you see you see with, with pro fighters all over the world, you know, especially in MMA, which we'll talk about in a bit, but like in the, in the UFC and how it's not just a fighter there's a yeah. whole collective that goes into someone being in the room exactly the yeah yeah exactly definitely I that's what I always say I'm no good at team sports but really a fighting is a team sport because yeah. you're you are in the ring on your own but mm-hmm. there's two people in your corner or three if it's a belt fight um and then you've got all, like all your sparring partners and everything so um yeah it, it's a kind of a common bond because and it's a huge respect thing. Anyone that's ever fought knows what that's like. Win, yeah. lose or draw, that's an achievement to have been in the ring, put yourself on the line like that. So I think fighters very quickly respect each other. And then when you're training and they know what you go through to get to be fight ready. Yeah. Um, Damien joined us when he was 12. So he was like... This is Damien Darker. Damien that I own the gym with, yeah. yeah. Um, he had done taekwondo all his life and he came to kickboxing when he was 12. And I was, I think... 18 or 19 at the time but he was almost my height and it was a class full of men Damien yeah. and me so 
I was his sparring partner. We would pair off and his legs were phenomenal. So I wasn't going, don't put me with a 12 year old. Yeah. But <laughs> because he had, he couldn't box, he couldn't throw. He had, you know, karate chops, but he couldn't throw a box. Yeah. So for the first couple of years, it was Lindsay, don't be beating the head off Damien. Lindsay, don't. And then for a couple of years, we were kind of evenly matched. And then suddenly it was Damien, stop killing Lindsay. And I was yeah. like, fuck this lad. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And now he's like, three and then times the tables have turned. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I used to call him kid. So his fight name is Damien, the kid darker. And that comes from me. I'd be saying, no come way. on, kid. And um, we're, we both kind of grew up in a r- rough enough area. And there was some hairy times in, in his teen middle years that I thought we knew he was talented um yeah but I thought we might lose him his mates now are interested in what teenage boys are interested in so I used to collect him for training and drop him home and so like come on kid you're coming training you know and he never didn't want to go but Mm. I I held on to him tight and I was like you're you can't leave this this is going to be amazing for you and he's he's unbelievable you've obviously seen um you know being in gyms your entire life you've obviously seen that kind of wheel of the talented guy or girl turns up they train their heart out they start fighting the coaches are going we've something special here and then they get to 16 17 18 19 and it's like your man hasn't left that bar still since fucking last july do you know some people come back it's great it happens earlier with girls like you might get some young girls seven eight nine about 12 they're not interested in sweating anymore and they're a bit embarrassed around boys and stuff they'll come back about 16 or 17 mm. whereas the boys will stick it out until 16 or 17 and then they'll go missing and they'll come back maybe 21 22 when they're trying to be adults but then everyone else has obviously got five more years training and yeah. then some of them don't survive that ego bashing that they they'll Absolutely. get from that what do you think it is with girls the fact that they drop off so rapidly like sweating yeah. like I do, it's I, a mad old thing, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, not encouraged to 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 keep stuff up. You know, it's we see it that we're like we obviously train together in jiu-jitsu at an East Coast Jiu-Jitsu yeah. Academy, um, and we see it as well. Like, we're training five years out there. Do you know what I mean? So the amount of women and girls who've started and then who left, and I spoke about it with Haley last week on on the episode that you know when you get a girl that's there after a year and they're dedicated, you yeah. respect them and you kind of cherish them that yeah. bit more because you know how the drop-off rate is so high for Huge, women in, in yeah. combat sports, you know? Teenage girls, it, it kind of annoys me. I'm really happy that RT have been shown the Women's World Cup because yeah. that's mainstream media showing female. But if you think, if you're a You did actually old... send a text into the group chat <laughs> last <laughs> week saying, sorry lads, could everyone just turn on RT even if you're not going to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> so I've had that, I have zero interest in football, but I've had the whole World Cup on my on my TV on mute with Netflix going on on my iPad. But I'm like... <laughs> I want Dorothy to know that I want to see this, even though I don't want to see it. Yeah. But I really appreciate that there's female sports being mainstream. Like, I can't go into lifestyle now and buy a soccer jersey with Stephanie Roach's name on the back. Yeah. I should be able to. Yes, and you if, should, yeah. If me, as a, say, if I'm 10 or 12, who have I got to aspire to? And it's great to have male role models as well, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But if you don't see that that's a possibility, like, there's no girl in the world, age 10 now, thinking I'm going to be a professional footballer. Because she, how does she know she can make a living from that? Absolutely. Every 10 year old boy. Well, there's that new campaign. I, can't, I actually don't know. Maybe it's a 2020 campaign. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's she, hashtag can't see, can't be. Can't see, can't be. Yeah. And it's so important. And even like going back to, you know, my myself when I was in music, when I grew up, like, Liam Gallagher was like yeah. my inspiration. Do you know what I mean? And I could never find 
even in music that even though there's such a obviously with music there's such a selection you know yeah. what I mean and then obviously when you get into like sports and different thing maybe if, if if there was someone like that in in football maybe it would have caught on to me when I was a young there was always football on in the gaff do you know yeah, my dad yeah. was so he had spurs on bleeding <laughs> morning noon night and repeated matches the whole lot you know um so it's an interesting one who, who were your role models growing up did you have any sporting role models no, no, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm. I find it very hard to admire people. I can see you're too competitive. That's what it is. It's not. It's. I just don't like put everyone as a human to me. I don't see that anyone's better than anyone. And I find even if I seen a really famous person, I wouldn't dare approach them or I will pass a compliment to someone if they're with me in my conversation and stuff. And yeah. I can like obviously I have people I follow on Instagram and stuff like that, but I can appreciate their feet. But I don't, I find it very hard to say I look up to somebody because I, I don't. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, um, is that a quality of kind of martial arts and combat sports? Because it's that sort of thing of like where you go into a jiu-jitsu academy or a kickboxing gym, whatever it is, and everyone is equal. Do you know what I mean? Everyone starts off the same and there's no, you know. Yeah, it's very grounding and everyone is humanized. Um, There's huge respect yeah don't get me wrong but this idea of I'd love to be such and such is just I've even as a child I was never that person I just always was myself yeah so you're so you're you start kickboxing you're you're winning your world titles you're at the top of your game what happens how did it end (laughs) like what happened there you know what I mean um I just so aside from all this I had been in school and in college yeah. um, and I was doing my apprenticeship as a solicitor because that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Then I wasn't mad. Like, <laughs> it's just so weird to think about you sitting at a desk as a solicitor. And I will say, I also do send any kind of contract that I get to Lindsay going, like, you wouldn't have a little read over that, <laughs> would you? And she's like, Lydia, get a fucking proper solicitor, will you? <laughs> <laughs> and while you're doing that will you tell me what to have for dinner yeah I, I literally I'm like and then what can I have for my dinner um, <laughs> no but I was training and stuff and then um, I had won a, a lot in kickboxing and basically I had yeah a lot I mean don't be modest here you were like at the top of your game for I was fucking, meddling at majors I'm swearing so much Shane I'm looking at Shane over here. this is because you said can I swear you and you, you're a bad influence on me I'd like to apologise to my mother for <laughs> And I'm doing so well, haven't I? Oh, you haven't swore <laughs> at all. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I was I was meddling at all the majors and stuff and I had yeah. won a couple of world titles and that. Um, uh, but I kind of had stopped um, enjoying it. It was becoming a, like I love kick, I love fighting. There's no mm. happier time for me than when it's just me, someone else and a referee. Yeah. Um, but it had become a chore then because I was expected to meddle at everything. And mm. I also... Where was it, that expectation coming from? The coaches, your family, yourself? Every, yeah, everybody. Because yeah, it was okay. just quite... It becomes quite normal, you know. And then it's like, if you don't have a medal, people are like, oh God, what happened? Yeah. Versus celebrating the fact. Because it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, I also was growing out of my weight class and I had... So basically, I, I think when I was 19 or 20, I had my tonsils out and I got really sick. I lost a lot of weight. And then I had a fight quite soon after so I got into this 56 and I used to fight at 60 kilos I won the fight at 56 and then I won a few things and then you're seeded then at world championships and stuff like that so I was seeded going in at 56 so if I went back into the 60 kilo category I might have met the world champion in my first match so 
I was like, I'll keep my seating, I'll stay in 56. Um, so then competitions became about making weight, mm-hmm. not fighting. Um, I was training really hard. I was working really hard. At this stage, I had decided I wasn't going to be a solicitor and I was studying my PT certs online. I was taking clients in the morning and the evening um, um, after the office and I was training on my lunch break in the office. It was just a bit manic. Hustling, yeah. hustling <laughs> is what that was. But I was noticed, I just wasn't hungry anymore. I had mm. like world championships coming up and I wouldn't go for a run because I just wasn't arsed. And I was like, okay, this isn't good enough. You know, there's, you need something else. So I was like, right, well, that was that. So let's just find something new. And um, I also had been dating my coach and that relationship ended. Uh, so I needed to just separate myself from kickboxing and that relationship and it was also intertwined I just was like stepping I was starting a new career I wanted to just focus on that Mm. I was missing taking clients to go training I needed to build up my PT name so I was just like look you've gotten what you're going to get out of that I was really happy with what I had done so I was happy enough to just try something new what is that like dating a coach uh, it was great. Well, it was great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Again, it was. It was good. It was. I don't didn't know any different yeah. as such. But I'm very uh, logical in my brain. I put stuff in boxes, and this is. I'm here in the gym, so you're cur- currently my coach. So there would never have been any domestics or anything like that. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. very too black and white sometimes. Um, Nothing and gets in the way of training. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're all here to train. Let's <laughs> we're focus. Here to train, mate. <laughs> But um, so then what happened was, unfortunately, when that relationship broke down, um, I was still trying to have him be my coach. Mm. But then he was kind of maybe using that as a time to see me or, you know, just he wasn't dealing with it as well. It was my decision to break up. So Mm -hmm. he was just wasn't dealing with it as well as me. And I felt like it wasn't fair on him for me to be inflicting myself on him for training. And we had opened up kickboxing gym together. Yeah. Uh, So we were teaching classes. So I was teaching classes. He was teaching classes. Um, So I walked away from that. I left that business with him. I said, look, because he was mad. He was just a coach, true and true. That was uh, his passion. It still is. Yeah. So I was happy enough to leave him with that while I figured out my new career. Um, Was that kind of like a final, almost like a final nail in the coffin for you in terms of the kickboxing career? Were you like, it's just all coming full circle now and it's just time for newness and, um, and just a breakaway no I tried I carried on um and the Irish coach um Jimmy Upton I would have been quite close to him mm. and he was out in um Kilbarrick yeah Kilbarrick yeah yeah so oh, I yeah, actually and I was living in Sandyford at the time because I'd moved out of my house I own with the ex I rented an apartment in Sandyford so I was traveling over to him to train twice or three times a week um and so then he became my club coach as well as the international Irish coach which was great but then it was the same like he was trying to pull more out of me like come on over like every fucking night of the week and meet me in Crumlin on Sunday and this and that and I was just like you know what I'm actually not You're like not into it anymore dog. I'm just the hunger's not there whereas in the past I was getting up I was going for a run coming back maybe hitting pads hitting the bag taking a client going to work mm. hitting the weights at lunchtime coming back doing a sparring class taking a few clients like you couldn't stop me from getting my training in Yeah. whereas then and I'm not a lazy person but I was just like nah it's not for you. I'm not sitting in the car. Do you think it's in, important for a professional athlete to realise that moment in themselves? Yeah. You see it quite a bit where you see people in there and you can see it in their face. They don't want to be in there. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's really sad because people are ruining their legacy. You know, mm, they've, yeah. there's younger people, hungrier people coming in. And what happens obviously is when you're the champion, and this is in every sport, is people are studying you. So mm. it's not going to take people long to figure out your style. Whereas when you have the champion, you're you're chasing them. You're like, all right, she's a kicker. I'm going to work on this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if you're not hungry, 
you're going to get caught up. And then the worst thing I, I hate seeing fighters, pro boxers do it all the time, losing to people that they just shouldn't have mm. as a loss on their record and purely because they haven't been able to step away. Yeah. Um, really bad. <laughs> no names. Let's <laughs> not get sued on the third episode. <laughs> So uh, you finish you finishing kickboxing, you know. Um, what what's that in between period? Then did you did you f- kind of focus on personal training and you know getting that kind of side of your career? You're yeah. li- leaving the office, leaving the solicitor's office. Um, I imagine that was, or maybe it wasn't. You know, what was the decision like to go? Yeah, I'm no. out of here. <laughs> it was actually quite scary. I done. I was really. I had a really lovely boss in Crumlin. Um, it was like a general practice, so no criminal law, but I, anything else I committed or so wills, divorces, buying mm-hmm. and selling house, blah blah. But uh, Duncan was just a lovely little man, and I was saying to him, he knew I was training. He just found it uh, so amusing that I was this f- world champion fighter sitting in his office. Right? He just <laughs> couldn't wrap his head around. Processing I used to papers. run down to Crumlin Boxing Club on my break, <laughs> and I'd be there with like all the guys down there. Doing a bit of sparring. No come way. Back Did up you to go him. down to Crumlin yeah, Boxing yeah, Club? Yeah, yeah, I know them all the really well. Oh, they used to ring me. Phil Suckle ring me. Lindsay, there's a girl out here from Germany. Will you come down and spar at your lunch? And I like they had gear there for me. On your stuff. lunch break from the solicitor's yeah, office. Yeah. Brilliant. So they got, they didn't have a shower. They got a shower installed down there at my request because I was like, lads, I can't be going back up to work like this. I have a client coming in to sign papers. Your hand for the house. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a black eye. So, um, yeah, so Duncan was good. But so then when I, the gym was taken off, then I, he knew I was teaching martial arts classes. So then I was telling him I'm actually taking PT clients. Blah, blah. So I went down to part-time hours. So I was doing 10 to 2 in the office. So that Lovely. let me build up morning clients, evening clients, and still have an income because I was renting an apartment. I needed money. Um, so then it just got to a stage where I had enough clients um, yeah. that I was just like, right. it was kind of do it or or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot or you're going to go with it so I just was like okay I'm I'm finishing up there I'm just yeah. going to have to go at it full throttle yeah and, and just uh, haven't looked back since love it well, I don't even consider it work no absolutely <laughs> not you're so good at it as well I mean so you can tell that it's your passion yeah because yeah. You, you you're saying it doesn't feel like work and also like you know you to know you is to know that you just absolutely love it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. your passion and stuff like that. So then obviously you're working in a gym. Uh, Austin is there working with you too, who's your yeah. partner. So your life partner. <laughs> he is technically. <laughs> we'll see. Your baby baby daddy. Um but uh, uh and then obviously Damien uh, Darko who you were yeah. doing the kickboxing with is tra- is is up there as well. Yeah, doing he, so you're all working together yeah, in this yeah, yeah. gym. I pulled him, he was in Westwood in Sandy Mount working and I was like Damien come on in here and work with us yeah. uh, so he was delighted because he was teaching he's he's had fights coming up he's teaching four spin classes a day he has to be on the bike and then he's trying to like come and do some kickboxing oh, and he was just a bit yeah. and I was like it's overrated yeah, the spin guy has to the, the coach has to, cycle, to and he's cycle. teaching bloody yeah, yeah. body pump and all that nonsense and then he's coming to try and spar lads and it was just terrible Too so um, James that owned the gym that we were working in is real open minded and I was like Damien will come, I'll get him some clients, he might bring a few with him. Um, yeah. And he did, and it was amazing. Um, Brilliant. So then you're obviously there for a couple of years. Yeah. So in that, uh, we we met in that time where you were working there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then you, you, well, I had started jiu-jitsu, you had started jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, how, how did you start jiu-jitsu again? Was it Austin? It was Austin, wasn't it? Yeah, no, well, kind of. Like, I, yeah, maybe. I, I wanted, it was going to be a grappling martial art because... I, I love martial arts and I need them in my life. They've yeah. been forever. So 
when I finished kickboxing, I was like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll start Thai boxing or something because I yeah. I know Keen Kelly really well and their club was quite local to me. And I was like, yeah. you know what? What I really want is to walk into a class and know nothing, uh, yeah, start from yeah, scratch yeah. and have nobody know me and expect anything from me. So it had to be jujitsu. And then Austin had just come back from, he was living in America for two years and he was asking me, yes. he had been ju- doing jujitsu over there and he was asking me about the best clubs and I knew about Dara and East Coast. So I was like, oh, there's a few clubs around, but I mean, for your money, if you were going to be a pure jujitsu athlete, you need to be in Dara's club. Yeah. So he had started in Monkstown and then um, he was on my back. Come on, come on, come on. But um, he was like a blue belt at that stage. I was like... No belt. A no belt, yeah. Like the belt that came with the game. How lucky were we to like join the best <laughs> jiu-jitsu academy in the country? Yeah. Yep. Um, can you remember when we met, when we first met? Remember the first day we met? No. <laughs> no, Get I remember. Out of this I studio think it was now. like an open mat scenario. What I remember about you, which is hysterical. Cause I Easy was, now. Easy I, now. I was still in that. <laughs> you go into training, you train and you leave. You don't socialize because nobody needs to know whether you're male or female or anything about you. Don't draw attention to yourself. You're a body yeah. to train with. And Austin, I think we had maybe started seeing each other at that stage. And he was like... Um, Lydia was on and she wanted to, to add you on Facebook because there's, you know, the girls there have a little group or whatever. And I was like, yeah. who? And he was like, Lydia, do you remember? And I was like, yeah, the lovely girl I was talking to. I don't want, I don't want, I don't need any new friends. You know, I was like, I'm not making friends. I'm there to train. Leave me alone. And then, like even now, Austin still you slags me over that. You are not getting away from us. Are you kidding me? No way. I, I love the fact no. that I, I wanted to add you on Facebook. Yeah, that's I, how old it was. I have since deleted my Facebook, FYI. Um... But um, I remember meeting you, right? And I was like so excited because when I started, there was a couple of the girls who were higher belts and I was like so overweight and like unfit and like just like, I just felt like such a little ugly kid in the corner. (laughs) I was like, what even is this? Like, I don't do sports. Why am I here? And uh, I remember meeting you and I was just like, oh, like Lindsay is so like the polar opposite of me because you were an athlete and you were... (laughs) and you were like driven and you know like it was this because this was like in my you know I'm just coming out of my last phase where I like lost seven years of my life like on the session and uh literally like that meeting you and the months that followed were life-changing for me do you know what I mean like like I mean I've said it to you so much like but I don't think you know how much like I am so grateful for meeting you and so grateful for the information as hard as it was for you to make it to sink in (laughs) for me but for anyone listening like Lindsay basically like took me under her wing and brought me to her gym and trained me like multiple times per week fed me let me stay in her apartment like taught me about food body weight everything and like I know I'm probably not your favourite client the morning I made you eat mince for your breakfast mince (laughs) I would have shoveled mince down you made me a steak with about six inches of fat I have it and a fried egg I was like that the breakfast of kings I wouldn't mind but we were after having a bottle of wine the night before like that was my bad influence a bottle of wine and a bit of chocolate and the next morning Lindsay's like breakfast it's like coming out of my lovely shower you know just after having a lovely night's sleep and there was like half a cow on the plate <laughs> and I remember like eating it and you were like devouring yours and I was like eating it and I was like oh holy crap I was like I'm not going to be able to finish this like what am I going to say to her <laughs> and then you were like you're not going to eat that are you? I was like 
fuck no. <laughs> this shit off my plate. Too soon, too soon. It was too soon. So I remember we were like, okay, bacon, bacon, like, and, and then I remember it, I spoke about last week as well. Um, when you were telling me uh, bacon and avocado, bacon and avocado, just yeah. an, an egg, that's yeah. it for your breakfast. And I was like, what? And I was like, what about bread? And you were like, no fucking bread. <laughs> and then I was like, but what would I put it on? And you were like, a fucking plate. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such an asshole at times. Like, at me, like honestly, I'm like, sometimes okay, in the gym Lindsay. I'm talking to clients and I can catch Austin's eye, and he's kind of giving me that you've gone too far. Look, but it's just so listen basic for me. People like, honest to God, they, it's if, as if they've given birth to the fucking bread. <laughs> I, what about my bread? I'm like, have you laboured that bread? <laughs> it's why are you surgically attached <laughs> to the fucking bread? Like, honest to God. What will I have for my lunch? <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ! What did anyone ever have for their lunch before bread became a thing? Like, Listen, you, I'm laughing. My, I'm actually in tears here because, like, you are. This is why you're so. We'll go on to talk about. This is why you're so good at athlete nutrition and like fucking <laughs> functional sports co- coaching and the whole lot because you're you're just you need to be just with people who are serious about like absolutely weight yeah, yeah, and yeah. fitness and attaining their goals like. You take no shite when it comes to the regular Joe Soap. No, I can't lie and I can't dress things up. And (laughs) as you know well, sometimes I feel like I bully you at times, but I'm like, honest to God. I need it. Like, I still obviously have like this habits that, you know, my my problem, and you, you know, like is that consistency like I can be six yeah. months absolutely brilliant and then I go out for like a couple of drinks and then it's just spirals yeah somebody yeah. somebody sees me out on Instagram and then they're oh you're back drinking <laughs> <laughs> yes come on out for lunch tomorrow and then it's four days later yeah. and like you know my mother's going are you okay I haven't heard from you in a couple of days like I'm in bleeding Wicklow or I'm being freaking let me carry um so you know it's consistency and it's like absolutely it's trying to retrain my brain to thinking that when I'm in the zone of eating clean and on the straight and narrow is that this is just it as opposed to this is just it for like six or seven, eight months until I can go back and go in a mad one. That's what I have to... Well, the problem is, and a lot of athletes are like this and I think that's why I'm good at dealing with them because I've I've had some terrible weight cuts and I've had some beautiful weight cuts. Um, But athletes are generally all or nothing personality types. They're Mm. all in. So... They are like you. If they've had one glass of wine, they're going to drink all the fucking wine and eat all the burgers because it's like what I call yeah. last supper itis, where mm. they try to have everything. Uh, whereas they don't consider that well, I could have a few glasses of wine and I can have my regular breakfast in the morning and then I could have some Ben and Jerry's, but then I'll have my regular dinner yeah. and just get on with life. They they're like I'm off the wagon, let's party, and then yeah, someone yeah. has to drag them back to the wagon few kilos heavier definitely and like i mean we've 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 both seen it over the years with like you know fighters who've won or they've lost and then that night they go on a mad one they drink loads they drink the next day they drown their sorrows or they celebrate for a week or two and they just i so many of them have like you know are thrown up by the end of the week because their stomach can't actually take all the shite that they've been eating and you know they're just like it's just such a, a horrible cycle. Yeah, but, um, it's quite disordered. But I don't get me wrong, people should celebrate things. And if you've had a hard fight camp, you want to go and eat the stuff you've missed out on, mm. do. But don't pretend there's a huge mystery about the fact that you've put on some weight then. And, yeah. you know, and then if you do have another fight coming up, you can't, you need to get back on it, you know, just mm. enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about it. You've done it. It's factual. It's amazing. You needed it. Get it off your chest. 
and now back to real life. At what point into working at the gym and studying um, for personal training and, and getting into, at what point did you kind of realize that you wanted to sort of like zone in on athletes and mm. athlete nutrition and weight cuts in particular? Was it something that naturally happened or was it something that you were like, right, this is an area that I'm good at because I have the experience? Yeah, yeah. And let's go into um, it. It kind of naturally presented itself to me because there would have been people on the Irish team traveling with me and they'd have been asking me weight cut advice and stuff like that and then particularly um, girls started coming to me because there was a girl like girls and boys are so different with weight cuts and yeah. they were getting bad advice from men um, so yeah just people were presenting themselves to me and it was an area that I had learned through doing and studying so I knew like I like I said I've had some terrible weight cuts once I learned how to do it people would see me away at internationals doing my weight cut and um, fighting fine, refueling properly, and they'd be just blown away by it. Um, yeah. So they'd be like, you need to tell me what you're doing. Uh, so that kind of happened mm-hmm. then. And then I'm quite passionate about female athletes in particular, being mm-hmm. one myself, but there's so much bad information out there for women. And well, it's not, ba- it's, yeah, it's bad for women because it's for men, you yeah. know? So, and a lot of male trainers will learn about female hormones in the books, but they haven't experience it or they haven't had enough female bodies go with them mm. through this to know whereas when I, I've been through it myself and I've always been helping out the girls on the Irish team and the boxing team and stuff and then obviously I start uh, athletes non-related athletes start hiring me and so I have so much data in person and knowledge from learning mm. um, uh, so I really just want women to be able to perform at the top of their sport well hydrated and well fed. I mean it's so important isn't it that you know I mean, it makes sense. You go to a woman about... Yes. And I'm not someone, saying that a man can't do this same. job. But yeah. a man needs to specialise in this like the way they, they would specialise in something else. But things like, you know, well, um, you know, MMA fighters do their water cuts on yeah. fight week. Um, and there was like 50... Some of us know. used to do water cuts for jiu-jitsu competitions. <laughs> say none. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> a 50 kilo girl would be taking a protocol that was given to a 90 kilo man. So she'd be trying yeah. to drink fucking eight liters of water. Mm. And you're just like, that is not, you weigh yeah. 50 kilos. So, so at most her muscle mass might be 40 kilos. Just very quickly explain to anyone listening that doesn't understand water loading. Yes. What it is. Basically, uh, it's a way of manipulating your water weight to kind of be lighter, but you don't lose any fat and stuff. So coming up to fight week, um, it's just an, an added way to kind of get your body ready to do the bath and the wrap, the dehydration bit. So um, the leaner the athlete is, the better it is because muscle carries water. So the more muscle they have, the more water they can drop. But basically you would start six days out from weigh in with a moderate amount of water. So say your your average 70 kilo man or woman uh, would maybe do f- three litres for a day, then yeah. four litres the next day, four litres the next day, then he'll do five for two days. And then on the last day, the day before weigh in, he'll drink just about a litre, a litre and a half, depending on how thirsty he is. But his kidneys will carry on as if he was doing five. So he'll keep on peeing out urine. Um, so he'll wake up lighter that morning and then his muscles will also be mm. heavily loaded with water. So when it comes time to get into a bath and a wrap, he loses water really easily, um, sweats two kilos off in half an hour, weighs in, rehydrates properly, which is key. And everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stuff. But people, there's so much bad information there. Like American wrestlers are big into water loading and they're kind of like jujitsu. It blows my mind. So they weigh in and step on the mat. So yeah. they should not be manipulating their, their fluid intake um, mm. or their food intake. But they do. 
and they go quite extreme and they might you'd hear of someone doing it a bit backwards so they'll do 10 litres and then nothing for three days I'm like yeah. you can't fucking not drink water for three so, days I'm, I'm already stressed even hearing you talk about that like <laughs> do you know what I mean um, so water loading is a great way to get a couple of kilos off if like so with jiu-jitsu athletes they can water load if they react well to it if they do it well but the problem with water loading for a jiu-jitsu athlete is it, it's better than starving themselves for mm. sure it's better than them being in a sauna the morning of a competition yeah but it requires low carbs for the week because it requires low salt and yeah. carbs carry water and salt carries water so you need to um so your week coming up to the competition, you're going to be quite low carb. And as a jiu-jitsu athlete, that might not be ideal for you, depending on if you're fat adapted mm-hmm. or you're um, a carb face. I know that, um, you know, you obviously get requests quite frequently for people that, you know, for weight cuts and to come on board and to help them with their nutrition and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there's been people, you know, maybe that are kind of in the red zone where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you should be you should be 12 kilos lighter than yeah. you are now and you've been fighting how long. Do you have a kind of like, a, I suppose, a, a filtering system with the people that you take on or the athletes that you oh, work yeah, with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like health is priority for me. So... I've been contacted by some well-known people way too late into their camp um, mm. with way too much weight to lose. And they're like, can you get me to this? Or like, I'll give you any money. And I'm like, well, I could get you to that weight for sure, but you will be long-term damage and you absolutely won't fight well. So there's a number of problems here. Morally, I, I won't allow myself to do that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You've left it too late. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a professional athlete. <laughs> I actually feel like I'm, it's been me. I'm getting told this right now. Um, <laughs> and then the the other thing is I'm not attaching my name to that bad weight cut. Because yeah. like, you know, your reputation is your thing. And like, I wouldn't be. There's a few people that are friends of mine that might come to me in trouble and I'll help them out as much as I can. But I'll okay, tell stop them. Stop talking about me here, okay? <laughs> but they'll know. And I'll be very honest with them. Look, you're probably not going to fight great. You're probably yeah. not. You're not doing yourself justice. Um so yeah, definitely I've said no to, to people that were, were outrageous. But it just have again they been pissed off. Have they been like Oh yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine. Because so. the, everyone thinks everything's their last such, hope. You know? such a, they think everything's such a great opportunity for me. I'm like, you know, it's a great opportunity for me. A, like a consistent client that comes into me three times a week and pays me to be there. Yeah. Not this one fighter that has is gonna be literally in my pocket for a week because they're losing their marbles, that they're gonna maybe mm. lose their fight purse and they're got definitely gonna lose their fight. Absolutely. It's, it, do you think it's in that kind of stage where the fighter has left it too late? Because obviously they're training yeah. because obviously they're they're turning up to the gym and um, they're preparing for the fight in that way. Do you think it's the mental aspect that stops them with the wake up? Like, what is it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, the problem sometimes with, with a lot of fighters in it, and I know, like, I'm very cutthroat about it because for me like personally. Why, why do fighters all the time say after a wake up, the hard part is over? You know, so yeah. it is, is it that, that mental sort of... Yeah, well, it's bad information for a lot of them because obviously they've been training uh, really hard, maybe twice, three times a day. So they have been able to put in a lot of calories, but then their body is in a st- stressful state. They're not getting any younger. Every time you go through a bad weight cut, the rebound is higher. And ev- after every fight, say someone fights at 70 kilos, mm. they might walk around at 78 next fight they'll be walking in at 79 before camp next fight they're 80 suddenly they're 85 kilos they're trying to cut back down to 70 and they're wondering why the stuff they were doing before isn't, isn't working, working. Um, and they're leaving it too late because they know what's happened is they've gone from fucking living the dream eating whatever they want but training really hard mm. they leave it too late so then there's four weeks of extreme deprivation so the next time you have to go into that you're dreading it you don't want to do it so mm. then you put it off until the last possible minute um 
and then it's it's too late and affects your performance. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. It really do does. I, and because I know you, like you know, outside of the, our work and relationship, um, I know I definitely know it affects <laughs> you like massively. Do you know? But what I, mean? I just feel like for you, me, why why does it annoy you? Because it's the unprofessionalism of I, it, or yeah, that it's disrespectful to the sport, or what exactly no, is it? No, because the problem you've got all these people saying weight divisions are shit. People shouldn't be cutting blah blah blah. People should be at their physical. Um, peak getting into the cage if you ask me and that means leanness so people should be cutting weight if they're if they're a little bit fat or they're carrying a bit of fat yeah but it annoys me because for me personally as a fighter um there's things I can control and there's things I can't so if I want I can't control my opponent's skill set I can't control my opponent's mentality or their fitness Mm. I can control my own mentality I can control my own fitness and I can control my own nutrition yeah and nobody ever ate anything by fucking accident so if I'm eating a sandwich I've decided to eat that sandwich yeah and then I put my body in a bad place and then I I for me if I haven't done everything in my control to win I can't complain if I don't win yeah okay. and if you've got these professional professional fighters they've nothing else in their life other than to train and eat well and win fights and they can't get their head out of subway <laughs> Or if anyone's listening here, who's the representative of Subway, we are not <laughs> Love Subway. There are other establishments that are equally as bad for you as a Subway. But you know what I mean? It's just, where, it blows does, my mind. Where does this um, strictness come from? My mom, like, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Doyle, we're going to have to put a cap on. Shane, are we sweating here with the swearing? <laughs> I'm only messing. It's not my mother's fault at all. No, but listen, like, I mean, because obviously you, you, you're... you're um, you're strict you're to the point you know what you want you know you're you've got this the control aspect of it but you know and it's the professionalism of the sport and stuff but where is it because that's in you that sort of like control freak like just fucking do it this way is in you where did that come from like is that something like from when you're a child not having control and now as an adult you are having control like where did that come from I don't know I don't know like by Growing up, I was very independent. I never mm. liked to ask anybody for anything and I felt like I could do everything myself. Um, and I just, you know, people, like the world is in so much trouble and people just moan about nonsense and that really annoys me. And moaning that you can't make weight when you've been eating like a pig falls for me into that yeah. area of nonsense. Like yeah. there's, there's the only thing that matters in the world is that you're happy around the people you love and they're, everyone's healthy and safe. And you're, I have someone moaning that they haven't lost weight and they've been eating like a, like a toddler for, you know, it just, I, and then if you're an athlete, is that a very different, don't get me wrong, my clients that are with me for, to be a little bit healthier or to just do a bit of movement that they know they wouldn't do if they were with me, Mm. they don't get this, like I'm as involved as you want me to be in that kind of side of things. But athletes, I mean, honest to God, and as well, it's the one edge that you can give yourself because... 90% 90% of the fighters aren't eating well. So for me, that's that's brilliant. I can get ahead of these people on it's this. It's your advantage yeah. if you like work it right. In a jiu-jitsu competition, you might have fucking eight matches in a day. Mm. You want to be fueled correctly for that. Um, Another thing that I often rant about is that, and I used to see it in, in boxing, and it just blew my mind, right? We'd be in the National Boxing Stadium weighing in for the seniors. Yeah. <laughs> and lads would have weighed in, and I'd turn around, and they're eating fucking breakfast rolls can, and drinking Luke's and stuff. kind of monster in But they haven't fought you. What is that? And I'm just like, you haven't won the fight because you've made weight. You know, you have to perform, you know, and then there'd be stuff they haven't eaten in four weeks because they've been really strict themselves. And then they're wondering why they feel sluggish and stuff. So one thing with my fighters, I'm just like, I swear to God, 
no chocolate till you get out of the ring or the cage. Like, honestly, they have, when they weigh in, I they have a protocol for me. They have their, their diet leading up in camp. Mm. They have their fight week protocol and they have their scales to ring protocol. Have you ever fired someone from your roster because they just weren't sticking to the plan? <laughs> yes, a few people. I, I, can't, I can't. I'd like you to name them I all <laughs> alphabetically, please. A couple of people. See, people <laughs> want help, but then they, they, they think they know really better. Or what help. happens is people shop around until they hear the right answer. Yes, and I, yes, yes, yes. Like, and I, I'm not um, in need of pleasing anybody. This is, I fully believe in what I know and what my experience Yeah. So I know what I've done has worked for the people I've worked with. Now, mm-hmm. there could be outliers and stuff, but I don't need to justify myself to, to anybody. So like, and I'll say that people when they want to work with me, I'm like, look, if you do exactly as I ask, this is going to be your easiest wake up of your whole yeah. life. If you don't, don't, don't even look at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't complain if you haven't done what you're paying that's me true, to do. You know? So it, let's talk about the people that you have worked with. I think maybe the m- most high profile and the most successful, in my opinion, was obviously Ashton Daly. Yeah, yeah. Because you started working with her at a time where she was finding it. Again, this is just what I read on the MMA websites. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but at a time where um, she was finding it difficult to cut down to her weight class or, you yeah. know, that the weight class, she was, um, I think she spoke publicly about like, um, her period stop and yeah, stuff like that hasn't he stopped. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I was giving her classified information there <laughs> I was like shit no um, but you know and it, when you came on board or it was when was it UFC Dublin yes it was yeah yeah it was UFC Dublin when she was fighting Almeida yeah uh, what's her name um, Jacqueline I think Jacqueline Almeida yeah. I, oh no that's the girl she trains out in, out in oh the yeah, gym. yeah yeah it's something Almeida sorry yeah, yeah. apologies I can't think of her name but um when she stood on the scales, all the press after that weigh-ins yeah. were like, we've never seen her look so good. She was saying, I've never felt so good. Yeah. And you got like a lot of press on the back <laughs> of that because people were like, who is this woman yeah. stood next to Ashley? You know, she's like, this is my nutritionist. And it's like, right, we're like, yeah, you know, this is yeah, freaking jacked. She looked jacked and she looked ready to fight. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, and she had a great performance as well. She did. It's the UFC. Like I, I remember. Um, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying it, but I remember like talking to you like years ago, and you were saying your dream was the UFC because yeah. you da- you dabbled then in MMA as well, yeah. and you went yeah, to yeah. IMAF and stuff like that. And I remember you saying that your vision is the UFC, like just your visual. visual- visualization was the UFC the UFC and then a couple years later you know after that whole time with Ashling and the nutrition you were like well I saw the UFC do you know what I mean I saw it and here I am this is the universe and this is life and this is my version of the UFC exactly this is the journey that I'm on and like it was just such a a real kind of eye-opening moment where I was like shit (laughs) like you know like that you you could have taken like oh I didn't make the UFC and I haven't my dreams haven't come true and missed out on seeing actually what has happened there and you obviously because of who you are you didn't and you choose the the positive route but the thing is what with I knew what it would take to make it to the UFC as a fighter I was doing MMA with Owen Roddy out in um SBG Charlestown yeah and he was saying to me um honestly now if you put your head down you could make it and I was kind of going Owen I already gave a lot of my life away to kickboxing <laughs> and I know what's involved. It's the same with jiu-jitsu now. I compete kind of when I feel like it. Yeah. But jiu-jitsu has to be, for me, 
just just competition for my jujitsu sake. But so if I find myself getting wound up before a competition or fully like getting into that, I I need to win. Now, I, obviously, I'm always trying to win when I'm competing, but feeling like I should win, mm. I kind of pull myself back from jujitsu competitions because I don't. Jujitsu for me yeah. is gonna be a lifelong hobby, and I. As soon as that old Lindsay that needs to be world champion rears her head, I'm a bit scared of her. I'm a bit scared of her because I'm like, you've, I've been there, I've done that, and I've got so much other things in my life that would suffer if mm. I really chose this path, and I don't yeah. love it enough to do it. But with the UFC, it's just funny because I had been at the UFC that Connor fought at with my housemate and Sandy for the time, and we were watching it, and I was saying, the next time the UFC's in Dublin, I'm going to be on on that stage. Mm. And the next time the UFC was in Dublin, I was on, on that stage, stage. Yeah. taking Ash's clothes off so she could get onto the scales. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Like yeah. how, like that, you know, the, just how life the evolves. The plan was that not a, not that I was fighting, that I was there absolutely. helping Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That what, that was hysterical. What that, was that, that experience like? Madness, like, absolute what, madness. like talk us through that, like you know, the UFC experience, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all waiting. I'm waiting for the UFC call, you know? What was that like? Oh, it was brilliant. It was mayhem. But um, Ash came to me quite late. The way that came about was I... Um, over the years, Ash had called on me for striking spars. Mm. So I knew her. We were quite friendly. And she, I had started jiu-jitsu at that stage. And she was like, oh, are you going to do a bit of a May? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, I'm going over to... I don't know where she was going where was she going Liverpool or something for a sparring weekend why don't you come with me and I was like fuck it well I'll come with you um, went with her f- and we stayed in a lovely girl's house another fighter for the weekend she put us up and we sparred in her club for the weekend yeah. um, MMA what's her name Laura Howarth Howarth don't know her she was on Invicta a couple of times but I oh, don't cool. think she'd done too well um, but anyway so I was with Ash all weekend and she was watching what I was eating and I had no fights around coming up I was just eating the way I would eat for health kind of and she was like which is 99% clean. 99.99999% clean. <laughs> and she was uh, maybe, I think, six or eight weeks out from UFC Dublin. So she was already very, very restricted calories. And I would, I never comment on what people eat. And like the way I always say to my friends, because when we're going out for dinner, I'm like, look, girls, unless you're paying me to care, I don't care what you're eating. So don't even be bothering thinking I'm looking at your plate. And it's the same. Yeah. I would never, I'd be out with anyone. I would never, if you ask me, I'll give you all the information you want, but yeah. I'm never going to comment. So I noticed in my head, Ash was not eating enough calories to sustain the training we were doing. And she was so far out from UFC Dublin that it could only go worse and worse. And then she was saying to me, you're short. a bit of a pig there. Like you're eating a lot of food. What, you know, what, what are you weighing at the minute and stuff? And I was like, oh yeah. No. And then, so she asked me a few questions and then it very naturally progressed to, and then it got to the stage when we got back, then there was like a ladies open matter. something. I went out and she was like, asked me something else and I was like Ashley I can't you have a coach and I can only assume that there's a reason that you're being led the way you're led and I'm not going to step on anybody's toes mm. so is that difficult to make that make that call yeah because I really wanted to help her and I could mm. see and then of course when she told me she hadn't had a period in a couple of years I was like fuck this is a joke this woman is ruining her mm. body but basically she was like okay so could you just work with me exclusively would that make you comfortable and I was and it wasn't about money or anything it was just more I was like I'm not stepping on anybody's toes because mm. there's just nothing more annoying than everything knows pe- out of joint yeah and also people get things out of context so I could only assume the people she was working with had her doing what she was doing for a reason I didn't know her diet and history so you can't be just assuming people are doing stuff wrong you know that kind of mm. way so I was like I'm either all in or, or all out and I'm happy to help your friend of mine but I can't be stepping on anyone's toes so she asked me to help her and I and even at that I was like fuck me it's a bit close so her calories were really low but I couldn't increase them because she would have just put on a bit of weight yeah. so I had to make her calories work harder for her so give her much more voluminous food 
in the calories she had and she responded really well to that um then we had like the water cut protocol and everything and then I was in the hotel with her doing her cut which was yeah. the first time I had ever done that as well it was brilliant I remember going into the hotel room and there was like pots and pans and like a little like little like barbecue grill thing that you could like, <laughs> I was like are we going camping here are we fighting at the no, UFC yeah. Dublin what's going on you Literally, know like, there's a restaurant downstairs like, there's actually a restaurant like 20 metres away like, you could just go get a bit of no. chicken and fish down there well Ash is that amazing unicorn client that literally done exactly as I asked mm. her so but it paid off yeah paid off. but the we had done the cut right and um, well, Paddy was fighting that night as well wasn't he and yeah. Cahill yeah right yeah. so the no, three of them no was Cahill on that card yeah he was yeah the three of them because Chris was helping Cahill Someone else was helping Paddy. He lost. Pa- no, Paddy lost. wasn't fighting. Cahill was. Ka- yeah, he lost that night. No, yeah. Paddy was on the one with Connor. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole night. Yeah. But anyway, there was a whole load of SPG lads going around, and Ash, after second bat, so we're about a kilo away from fight weight. Mm. Her her scale stopped working. <laughs> so we were like, hold on a second. We'll wing it. You'd be grand. Of course it did. So we went and asked Paddy. It was his scales or Carl's scales. I'm not sure. But anyway, so we were on weight. It was great. We were going, and then we were going down to get into the coach to go over to the three arena and um the UFC had a test scales and they were like just check on that they, they were just checking everyone before they got on the bus so they would know if there was any surprises coming yeah but of course the test scales was lopsided on a half tile half wooden floor right ash jumps on it so she's fighting at 115 it's not a championship fight so she's allowed to be 116 ash jumps on that it goes 113 125 127 119 settles on about 118 and I'm just looking at her she's looking at me and I'm like you're fucking on weight. Like that, that's not right. That's and I'm saying to your man, can you put that on a flat ground? Get a piece of wood over here. And he was like, get on the bus. And I was like, <laughs> she's on weight. Fuck. So we're on the bus. John, Are you shitting yourself at that moment? Are you just like, oh, I'm going to pack my stuff and go back to the solicitor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Am I 115? Can I just get on the scales and pretend to be her? Um, but no, so we're on the bus and I'm trying to keep her calm. John is sitting behind us and she's like, John. This is John Cavanagh, John right? Cavanagh. And yeah. she's like, John, I was heavy on the check scales. And I was like, she's on weight though. And John's like, it's fine. You're what was your scales what was Paddy's scales blah, blah, blah. we're going through it all, all trying to bring it logical and I was like look it's fine if you need to weigh in on the nip it's like I'll hold a tail for you but yeah. you're, you're on and I kept saying you, you are on weight I believe you're like we know you're on weight and she was like I know what a head fuck you know and then so then Austin is in the audience with his brother thinking like this is amazing Lindsay's going to be doing this at yeah. the UFC and proud uh, boyfriend I'm texting him going the fucking check scales is off I don't know if she's going to make weight and he was like oh Jesus so then anyway she got on the stage and she weighed in and I've never been so relieved in my life I was just like of course what she's did on she, weight what I knew she was what on what did she officially weigh in under she weighed 115.6 yeah amazing yeah she I remember she looked so good like and even all the photographs of that day um her smile just yeah told yeah, a million yeah. and when she ended up to fight like I don't think any of us saw a fight like that before. Like, no, so she yeah. had this look, and obviously she had the walkout, the cra- the the, the zombie, zombie yeah. uh, like I think uh, hundreds of thousand views now on YouTube at this stage. Mm. Iconic moment, but everything about that. I know she, uh, you know, fe- felt a bit um, emotional about the fact that she wasn't on that UFC Dublin car with Connor and all the guys. Yeah. She definitely deserved to be on it because of her legacy and stuff like that, and things that she had achieved before that point. But well, she was in the Ultimate Fighter house. That's why she wasn't. Oh, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah, may yeah, well yeah. have been on it, but she was off in the UFC yeah, exactly house. doing that right. But for her to be on that second UFC Dublin card and to win in that way, it, it was. I think it was kind of meant to be in a way because 
the night was about her. Yeah, exactly. she stole the show, yeah, and that wouldn't yeah. have happened if she was on the Kyra Connor. No, do you know what I mean? No, uh, it was brilliant. I was. I'm now. I'm not, as you know, a crier. Now, since having a child, I've become more of a crier. But um, <laughs> I was beside for both of us. I was watching the fight. I was beside Owen Roddy and his wife, his yeah. lovely wife Kelly, Kelly and. Yeah. Uh, after the fight, I just I was sitting down and Owen, I remember particularly just put his hand on my shoulder and went, you're a huge part of this. It's OK to, to cry. And I just put my hand out. I was like, I'm so relieved. She's just done amazing. And he was like, yeah, no. And I was Well, like, listen, it's such an emotion. I think it's very hard for people who are not involved in fight sports or in camps or in teams um, of, of professional athletes that fight to understand the emotional baggage and drama and turmoil that yeah. goes into a fight camp yeah it's the most up and down like and it's such a bonding experience anyone you bring along on that journey with you is friends for life yeah absolutely uh, but unfortunately for ash that was where the work started because my goal after that was to get her her period back so mm. there was no celebration for her after that i was like yeah great you won but we need to fix your body yeah so, so she I gave she, her the yeah. weekend and then from monday onwards we were working on fixing her straight um, back into it yeah and it took I'm going to say a year maybe mm. to, to get the body functioning well again. Um, and, but again, was do, was doing everything I asked. And now, of course, she then, she now was a personal trainer. Yeah, she studied into it. That. She knows herself and her body very well from going through that. Yeah. Um, current fighters, who are you, who are you working with? Uh, Liam McCourt is. Mm, Bellator MMA. Yes. Um, and Sonna Davisoder. Invicta. Uh, Invicta, yeah. yeah. She's a beast, and then, man. Probably name an Irish jiu-jitsu female competitor, and I'm I'm helping her. All of them. Any, any men? It's a few, but probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, who cares about the men? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not uh, my bread and butter. That's kind of like a passion project for me. You know. Yeah, that's my, your uh, kind of like little sort of hobby thing. Yeah. But the gym is obviously your well, being a mother, little yeah. Bodie. That's your 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 uh, your number one. Yeah, doesn't um, pay enough. <laughs> Doesn't pay enough. <laughs> Cost loss pays nothing. Um, but uh, I mean, moving on from there, um, obviously motherhood is a huge part of you know yeah. the the getting up to date of where we are now. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Because I know that for as your friend, you know, like <laughs> none of us expected that. Myself you included. expected that either, <laughs> you know. But it was such a happy, lovely, you know, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how has yeah. the transition to mother? Because how old's Bodie now? He's, He's one two and a half. half. Two, two and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, how was that? First of all, how was that? Um, emotionally, as you know, for um. I suppose being someone who is so in control of not only your body but your weight and yeah. you're you're you were so you know I text you on like half seven on a Tuesday morning and you, I'd be like what are you up to well I'm on my way out to such and such and then I'm blah blah and yeah. so what was that like to find out that you were pregnant and to kind of like go right everything's going to change now yeah uh, it was a huge shock I obviously didn't intend on being pregnant um yeah. First worry when I found out was that I had had an MMA fight a few weeks previous. <laughs> How did I forget that? <laughs> Lindsay Doyle fought up at a so Kuma. So is one and one zero. That was that yeah. was my first the first time doing post fight interviews was at that show. Yeah, I done a post fight interview. You won. You, you retired. <laughs> undefeated in MMA. You were pregnant when you fought. Yeah, obviously didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then when I found out I was pregnant, I was like reading, obviously straight into like pregnancy books and they were like, don't go in the sauna. I was like, I was in a sauna, I'm going to have five, this baby's going to be made with seven arms. And so then obviously the pregnancy <laughs> books went into the bin. Yeah, get rid of them, you'd be um, grand. But no, it took me a while. I'd say I was about eight months pregnant before I was ready to be pregnant. 
really? Yeah. Yeah. It took you that long. I just really didn't around. believe it. I was like, "This is this real?" Even I remember going in the car into Hollis Street, just been like, "Fuck!" Like this is actually I haven't made this up at all. This is happening. Did you find it? Was it like a a fear, or was it like an upset, or was it like a I just haven't adjusted yet? I just don't know what's coming. Yeah, I just didn't know whether I was ready, kind of to mm. for the changes it was going to involve. But pregnancy-wise, it was fine. I was I had a healthy pregnancy. I yeah. carried on training. Um, I stopped jujitsu because. At that stage, I was so new to jujitsu. I didn't know enough to keep it safe for myself, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I kept up um, hitting pads with Damien, so striking, um, hitting the bag and stuff. And I kept up weightlifting all the way through. Yeah. Um, did you find the transition of the change of your body? Did you find that difficult? Um, or did you embrace it? Were no, you like- I was kind of like just getting on with it. Like it was all very practical. So I would notice, like I noticed, I think about 18 or 20 weeks in that my hips had shifted so my lunge track was wrong so I just stopped doing single leg stuff kept mm. back onto squats um I noticed I just needed longer rest and obviously the weights got progressively lighter but I was very good at listening to my body it was actually after he came and when I was breastfeeding and I was just mm. like what even is this like, yeah because I had this while I was pregnant I still looked quite fit and I just had this huge bump yeah. um, and everything was still tight when I had him, everything got really loose and really wobbly and like just the hormone changes was profusely sweating from parts of your body that aren't really supposed to sweat and stuff. I found that really hard. For somebody who is a professional in terms of nutrition and bodies and body weight and hormones specifically, mm-hmm. um, were you able to kind of know in those moments where your hormones are flying or your imbalances are, were you able to go, okay, like scientifically go, right, uh, this is what I need to do. Whereas some women who don't have the luxury of that would just be like, and there are partners that are like, I'm out of here, man. What is going on? Like, I can't deal with this. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like I knew, say, for example, by feeding, I was, I was, I was craving more sugar. So I was like, just get yourself some carbs. And I, I didn't restrict myself in the sense that if I wanted five jam donuts, I was like, sure, have a bowl of porridge. And if you still want five jam donuts, have five jam donuts. It was kind of the way I work. Even now with treats. You used to say that to me all the time. I text you and I go, I'm craving like a massive bar of dairy milk or something. And you'd be like, just have your, you know, protein and fats for dinner and have this and have a bowl of berries with Greek yogurt. And if you still want the chocolate have afterwards, it, yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah. Because you do really want the craving or or you do really want it or is it craving. Mm. But um, yeah, so you were, you were kind of lenient on yourself. Yeah, I was hungrier than I'd ever been. But the problem, it wasn't even the physicality. Like I was, obviously I, I had this new body and my main issue with that was I didn't know how to dress it. But mm. I wasn't in a hurry to lose a rake of weight or anything, but I just didn't know if it was the way I felt because I was just exhausted. I was like, is this life now? Is this forever? And then I was missing kind of human connection. So I was straight back to the gym when I had him. I'd bring him to, because luckily I was able to go into the, I had a key to the gym. So I was able to bring him, do a bit of training myself, like lifting and stuff like that and get that headspace. But what I was missing was the classes. So, and then of course, coinciding with that, Austin was going to jiu-jitsu and we would always anytime anyone was like how was class how was this and it's still like every day he comes back from jiu-jitsu I say how was jiu-jitsu yeah. and he'd be like oh my god it was amazing we'd done x y and z and then there would just be steam coming out of my ears and like, okay enough information yeah. move on <laughs> and then I wound up kind of resenting him because then like yeah. uh, then if he would dare say he was tired I'd be like oh you're tired are you From the luxury of jiu-jitsu you're tired because you went to work and saw some adults and had some fun and then you <laughs> went to jiu-jitsu and had a good training session do you know why I'm tired because your kid has been sucking me dry for 24 hours <laughs> 
and hasn't slept. But then, yeah, but no, but then as soon as I acknowledged that and we talked about it, because that's not yeah. fair. He's like, he, he can't as much as I'd like him to. He couldn't breastfeed the child. So <laughs> sure he'd give it a bat yeah. right now, Austin. <laughs> yeah, I used to be like, look at your useless nipples. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there was a bit of an adjustment, but then kind of once I got the swing of things, after about 12 weeks, it becomes very normal. Um, breastfeeding is just easy. You've nailed it. Mm. Two years, the baby and you have learned this skill. It's fine. So then I went back to the intro class in jujitsu. So that's like the beginner's class. Yeah. Um, and then it was great. But I started then because he, he was about didn't sleep till he was literally two. So um, you were kind of now he wasn't up screaming or anything, but he just was checking everyone was still where he left them. And he liked to wake up a lot at night just to let us know he was still there so we weren't getting good sleep um, and then when Austin was like working early and stuff so I used to just tell him to go into the other room and I'd take mm. the baby so he could get some sleep at least um, so then I was going to intro but I was dipping in and out because I was like oh, I'm wrecked I'm not going to go today and I was just kind of in a little bit of and I, I was back in work as well I had to go because I work for myself so I went back to work quite quickly Yeah. Uh, so I was like if I go to jujitsu I won't have energy for work this evening and my clients are paying me for my energy so it's yeah. not fair but then eventually um, it all worked out with the schedule that the jiu-jitsu intro classes were on the two days I didn't actually work. Um, and the classes I wanted to go to were before Austin. So I would go no, and just... he would bring the baby with him and we'd do the handover on the mat pretty much. But um, Do you find that this is now after giving you a new kind of notch on your belt of knowledge in terms of 100%. the body and nutrition and what works and what doesn't work <laughs> I fully thought you were saying about jiu-jitsu I was like yeah <laughs> going to intro class for a year I needed it because I was I was getting ahead <laughs> of myself too. and then I had to go to intro and relearn the basics that I never learned in the first yeah. place listen we should all do with going back to the intro <laughs> classes like me included for sure yeah. you know um but yeah definitely it, do you know what it did it gave me uh empathy for clients the postpartum clients that I probably wouldn't have had before <laughs> they're all sitting at home they're listening going absolutely the change in her was brilliant she she became a human being Uh, but yeah but then in saying that I got a lot of then people being like you you should do a postpartum class you should do a Mm. pregnancy you should do whatever but like that's not my special that's not my knowledge area I know my own experience as a healthy woman having a healthy pregnancy having a healthy labour that doesn't give me the expertise to advise someone who has a very different history coming into their pregnancy and maybe had a difficult pregnancy and maybe had like prolapse or tears or whatever all the lovely things that come with having babies so um i'm noticing a trend no need to know <laughs> until you have Some a baby afterwards are no planning on having children and do not need to be put off it oh, it's all <laughs> worth it my labor was actually fine to be fair but um yeah the i'm noticing that online now a lot of trend of all these mummy and baby classes and postpartum coaches and their only real experience is that they've had a baby themselves and it's 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 frightening, it's dangerous. And a lot of these mammy and baby classes are literally just a regular CrossFit class, but you're allowed to bring your baby. They're yeah. not adjusted for anything postpartum, kind of any complications. So I just would never dip into it, something I'm not. Stick to what you're good at. Yeah, Stick stay to in your own lane. And I don't, I'm not interested enough to go and study it, you know, that yeah. way. Yeah. When you think about, um, you know, final thoughts final thoughts for the future you obviously are someone who um is massively goal orientated yeah. in everything that you do from you know the next five years what are you hoping to uh well to i'm achieve? starting a master's now in september um because in exercise and nutrition science with chester university because my bachelor's is in law i just want uh, to formalize my physical ed- i've never done a degree yeah. in in what <clears> i do for a living so i'd like to do that uh, so that's going to take me two years. That'll, that'll be good fun. Um, 
also about to launch. So I get a lot of um, inquiries from jujitsu athletes in particular asking about what they should be doing in the gym lifting wise. Mm. Um, and they don't. Uh, I don't I don't have they any. Don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, no, no. They don't lift. They don't want <laughs> necessarily personal training and I don't have the availability of time to get them all in anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would do a bit of remote programming. But so I'm about to learn myself and Austin and another girl from Jiu Jitsu Hazel have been working on a website called Improve Grappling. And it's yes. basically, yeah, it's going to be monthly subscription for your Jiu Jitsu strength and conditioning workout. So Brilliant. you'll get a new program every month with your goals in mind. You'll tell us you know your belt and it'll be like either be guard type program like you know arm bar defense type you know just yeah. it'll all be jujitsu specific um so we're going to really put we should be launching that in the next month or two so we're going to really push on that brilliant so where can our listeners find out more about it um be on social improve grappling on instagram there's yeah. not much happening on it yet but um it's about to be all over your your face <laughs> all over your instagram uh, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so because I do get a lot of inquiries and especially women and I just, I go to a lot of jiu-jitsu competitions because obviously mm. Austin is a high level, high level competitor and I see a lot of girls and I see them, they have, obviously as they do, amazing technique because they have to because they're so small compared to their training yeah. partners. But I see them in things like even just, you know, hip bump sweeps and I'm like, honestly, if you could have, if, if she knew how to contract her glutes, she'd have sent your one out the roof there, you yeah, know. And yeah, yeah, so there's yeah, definitely yeah. like, I want a lot of girls to start lifting and then, because you know, like say Fionn is as strong as an ox and yeah, she just Davies, demolishes girls. Black belt world champion. Yeah, she lifts, she's strong. Mm. Um, and that's going to separate her from the other black belt girls that aren't as strong. Yeah, already does. Yeah, do you know, she's we'll continue to, yeah. yeah. So um, that's that, yeah. And then just probably have another baby and oh go on you'd have to you have one you might as well have 10 that's the yeah, way i think take myself back out of the game for another couple of years absolutely yeah i'll be there and i'll be there for when you have him him yeah. or her and you need a celebrity bottle of wine <laughs> i'm there um well listen thank you so much it was brilliant you're welcome. good Were, fun you good fun yeah was it all right sorry for all the cursing yeah really we must apologize sorry shane shane's in the corner there absolutely disgusted um but thank you very much. So interesting and just a pleasure. Like, and I, like I said, you know, like you really did make a massive difference to me and to everyone that you meet. Honestly, you know, you have to be congratulated and com- com- commemorated about it <laughs> because <clears throat> really I would have been very lost without you. And you gave me a whole <clears throat> host of knowledge and a new way of life, a new way of living. And I have the knowledge now of like when I do go out drinking or I go for dinner and I order pasta, I know that, right, I need to, I don't do it anymore, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know, I know now that I have, you know, the tools to go, right, so I had that and now this week I need to counteract that by doing X, Y and Z. Do you know what I mean? So. Thank Glad you so it. much. I am so grateful. And you're such a wonderful person. And I'm very happy that you're in my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. Um, and for anyone listening, Lindsay uh, owns The Lab Gym. So yeah. check it out. It's, uh, what's the Instagram for The Lab? It's at? The Lab Gym Dublin. Lab Gym Dublin. And check out the new Improve uh, Grappling Improve, as well. Yeah. Improve gra- yeah. gra- gra- Grappling. Um, well, thank you very much. Thank Final you. thought of the day. No pressure. Yeah. In relation to... Anything. Final thoughts. Stop eating fucking bread. (laughs) (laughs) Down with gluten. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And hope everyone enjoyed third episode. Guys, we're getting good at these. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see you all next week. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 